Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Since 1996, the Texas legislature has five times attempted to provide property tax relief to Texans, but every single time it has failed. During that period, the property tax levy has increased from $16.8 billion to $73.5 billion today. However, in 2023, uh, the members of our legislature have a real chance to radically reduce our property tax burden. As a matter of fact, they could eliminate it. With this uh, projected $26.95 billion budget surplus you may have heard about that the Texas legislature will have next year, the legislature could reduce every Texan's property tax by a third next year. Think about that, a one-third reduction in your property tax bills next year. And within eight years or so, take your property tax bill down to zero. The only question about all this is whether Texas politicians will listen to you, their constituents back home, or the special interest in Austin. Hi, my name is Bill Peacock, and this is the Liberty Cafe. It's so good to have you here with me today. I'm always blessed to be with you and have you listen to the podcast. This is our... Um, what is it? It's our 88th episode at this point, and hopefully we can get, continue to move on, particularly move on with Texas Scorecard as our sponsor. We love working with them. It's a great organization. Please get over to TexasScorecard.com and listen in to what they're doing, other great podcasts, and lots of good articles keeping you up to date on state and local and, and federal politics as well. So go give it a listen and a read. All right, so let's get back to the property tax burden. So every few years, Texas politicians, whether it's a governor, lieutenant governor, speaker of the House, or members of the legislature, come tell you that your property taxes are too high. Of course, they're not telling you anything that you don't know anyway. Matter of fact, they're telling you that because you've been telling them that in the first place. And they said, we're going to provide you real property tax relief this time. They did it back in 1997, they did it in 2006, they did it in 2015, they did it in 2019, and then again in 2021. But it's just failed every time, as I mentioned. It, it, you know, For instance, let's go back to 2019, which was one of the more significant attempts they made. Um, what they did back then was a limited property tax increases to 3.5% unless voters approved a higher rate. But that failed as well. They had realized going into the session that, that if they didn't do something about limiting the growth in property tax rates, all their efforts to spend money like they'd done before would fail. Well, what they did was they set up a system that even the 3.5% um, limit on property tax rates, and it's not really a limit. Voters can you know, vote to go above that. It's just that everybody, all the local governments, tell you it's a cap or a limit because they don't want to come ask you to raise their property taxes more. They want to be able to do it without you, without your input. And so they tell you it's a cap, but it's really not a cap. They could go higher, but even that hasn't worked. 
right? And they, for a couple of reasons, several reasons. One is because the legislature put it in place, but they delayed it a year. So guess what happened that first year after the limit was in place? They all jacked property taxes sky high. Then in the second year, what happened? Well, COVID came around and there's this provision in Texas law that allows local entities to go above whatever the the, the rate is without asking uh, taxpayers in the case of a declared emergency. Well, usually back in the past, we thought of declared emergencies having to do with hurricanes and floods and ice storms and things like that. But no, this was a medical emergency, but apparently this uh, exception applied. And so that came in as well. And so what has happened, this three point, and plus also one more thing is the the 3.5 limit doesn't apply to new construction. So they can raise your property taxes from last time up to 3.5%, but then they get the to capture whatever the new construction has brought in on top of that. So you put all that together, and over the last three years since 2019's attempt, property taxes have actually gone up by 5% a year, 4.9%. So whatever they've done has failed on this. But with this budget surplus, and I trust you probably have seen this, the Texas legislature is sitting on $27 billion of cash. It's just, you know, everybody was saying gloom and doom about future uh, revenues and and we weren't going to have much, but we've got a lot. Of course, one of the reasons we have some is because they underfunded the budget, particularly when it comes to Medicaid. So there's going to be a big bill to pay there, but that's really their problem, not ours. So we've got this $27 billion. The legislature could take all of that if they wanted to and apply that to the property tax levy, which is right now it's about uh, $73 billion. But by next time we get to the legislature next year, it's going to be about $84 billion. And so the math is really easy. Uh, 27 billion is about 32% of 84 billion. So they could buy your property taxes down by a third in one year without even spending any, any money out of their current budget spending. This is all extra money they have. But the politics are not quite so easy and simple as the math is because already in Austin, politicians, and special interest are lining up to get a, get their hands on your $27 billion. For instance, Democrats want to spend it all. That's no surprise. Senator Boris Miles out of Houston would spend $4.5 billion of the surplus on Medicare funding. Senator John Whitmire, also out of Houston, would spend billions on public safety and the state's infrastructure. So, but then we have uh, the group Every Texan, which used to be uh, CCCP. I can't remember the name, Center for Something Priorities. Anyway, it's a progressive left wing think tank, and they want to spend the money on education and teacher retirements. And they, they want to prioritize that kind of spending over additional state or local tax cuts. Right. Progressive liberals, 
they never met a tax cut they liked and they never met a spending program that they didn't like, except for perhaps on military, but even that's getting less uh, problematic these days and um, maybe some other conservative things, but they just like to spend your money. So Republicans aren't necessarily just stepping up to the plate talking about this either on our side. Now, we do have Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who immediately came out with a statement and said he would spend $4 billion of the property tax relief and um, about a million of it, uh, to, uh, well, $4 billion of property tax relief and about $1 million to suspend the gasoline tax. So just a little over $4 billion of the $27 billion he would spend on property tax relief. And that's it. Right. This is all your money. This $27 billion came from you in a variety of different ways. And Dan Patrick just wants to give you a small percentage of that and spend the rest. And for instance, he's come out and said that he would spend over $11 billion of the surplus on increasing education spending and increasing teacher retirement payments. Now, he didn't focus it that way. He didn't talk about it in that direction. He said to maintain he wanted to spend that $10 billion, $10 billion of that to maintain uh, the, uh, the teacher pay increases and the tax property tax cuts that they put in place back in 2019. But see, I don't know how else to put this, but that's a lie. That spending on that is already baked in to the Texas budget. It's, it's in there. It's revenue that is already accounted for. And because they've already passed one budget since then, it's baked into the system to go back and say, I want to spend $10 billion of the surplus on those two items is to say, I want to take the surplus, increase education spending by $10 billion, or at least take this $10 billion, spend it on education spending that we're already education things that we're already spending it on, and then take that $10 billion and spend it elsewhere, but but not on a tax cut. So Dan Patrick wants to only spend a minuscule portion of the surplus on you. Right? He wants to spend it on other people besides that. Now, the, some good news in the Republican Party is that Senator Paul Betancourt, really a taxpayer champion out of Houston, uh, he would spend about half the surplus, about $13 billion on property tax relief. And I, that's amazing. I mean, given the politics in Austin and how greedy everybody is up here and how much they want to get their hands on your money, having um, Betancourt say that, I think, is very courageous on his part. It'd be more courageous, perhaps, if he would spend it all, but I, I, I get the problem. And so I was really glad to have Paul Betancourt get up and say that. That, that gives us a marker. Yeah. Uh, to see where we can move forward on that. All right, but let's go from there and say we get $13 billion or whatever it might be. If the Texas legislature doesn't get serious about getting rid of the property tax in, in its entirety and allows the process and the system to move forward, basically uninterrupted from what it is, it won't be that long before we'll be hollering at the legislature again saying our property taxes are too high. And they will be because it will just go back up in the same way it's been going up in the years prior to this. 
So they, they need to get serious about it. They need to eliminate it. I suggest the Texas legislature can eliminate property taxes in as little as eight years. If you start in 2023, right? you, could, you could do it even less with this budget surplus, but at least eight years. And just here, here's a few principles I think that would serve the legislature well in looking at this issue and trying to figure out how to get rid of property taxes. It's a huge amount of money. Right? As I mentioned, it's up over $80 billion at this point, about $84 billion. That's a lot of money. The, the Texas legislature doesn't have that kind of money sitting around. Uh, well, they do, but it's obligated to be spent elsewhere. And while they could reduce spending on those other things, it's a challenge and they've got to work through this. So here's some principles to help us get through this process and actually eliminate property taxes without increasing taxes elsewhere and just shifting the property tax burden through some kind of tax swap where we, we, we get rid of $84 billion of property taxes, but we get $84 billion of new sales taxes or income taxes or whatever it might be. So first of all, we have to lend, limit spending growth at the local level. We, we just have to stop this, this out of control growth. As I mentioned, revenue growth from property taxes has, has gone up about 5% recently. And that, that's probably in reflective of about how much spending growth has occurred at the local level. It might be more. But we, we just got to bring that down. There's no reason that school district spending has to go up 5% per year or city spending or county spending. It, it, there's no reason for that. They can economize. We understand about inflation and all that, but it's our money. They need to make changes and just stop spending money on certain things in order to control spending growth. Because if we don't do that, the taxes are going to keep going up because guess what pays for spending? Our taxes. That's the first thing we need to do. Second, if the state is going to have enough revenue to buy down the property tax, the state is going to have to limit its spending growth as well. Now, for instance, if state spending growth were limited to about 3% per year, this would generate about $3 billion or so annually to reduce property taxes. That's because uh, state revenue just on autopilot because of growth in the economy goes up by about 6% every year. And so we get that delta. If you limit spending growth to 3%, you get the delta between three and six. That's about, as I said, $3 billion a year. If they tried something really exciting and new and different, say a zero growth budget, saying to the people of Texas, we think government's too big. Not only should it not grow so fast as 5% or whatever, we don't think it should grow at all because we've got too much government. If they did something like that, had a zero growth budget, that would generate about $4.5 billion a year to buy down property taxes. That, that's a lot of money that you'd be getting back rather than being spent on whoever's coming and knocking on their doors here in Austin. Third, they have to freeze property taxes. Because what happens typically is they, as I've talked about, they they buy down property taxes to some extent, but then the school districts and the counties and the cities just come along, and special purpose districts just come along and raise 
the property taxes again. Well, we can't have that if we're going to be getting rid of it. So they just have to freeze it and control what happens to property taxes. So if they freeze it after the first year of the buy down, then they just have to do a stair step approach, a downward stair step approach to eliminating it over the period of time, whether it's six years or eight years or 10 years, whatever they decide on. They have to freeze it, basically take control of property tax rates away from local governments, because if they don't, they're going to raise it at the local level. And this is all constitutional. It can be done. You, you, the legislature can't set the rates, but they can set caps on the rates. So that's the, the, the third thing they have to do. And then finally, what they need to do, and I'd suggest this, is consider a temporary increase in the sales tax to help speed up the buy-down process. Because we're going to need a lot of money to do this. For instance, if half the surplus is used for buying down the property tax next year, that would leave about $70 billion to go, getting rid of the property taxes entirely. So if you're going to do it over another eight years, that's about $8.5 billion per year they would need to buy down the rest of the property taxes. State spending uh, growth reductions would only generate 3 to $4 billion, so that's about half of what you need. The, the only way to really do it is in, in a period that short, seven, eight, nine years, is to increase the sales tax, but just do it temporarily. I've done, you know, I've got spreadsheets and all these kinds of things. You could probably do it and keep the sales tax rate up to no more than 13% or so from the current eight and a quarter that it is. And I know that's a little bit high, but it would only last for eight years. And then after the eight years of the buy down or however long it is, you use the same mechanism, spending growth, which is reductions, which are originally dedicated to buying down the property tax, could then be shifted to buying down the sales tax. And another eight years or so, you could get the sales tax back down to where it was before. So in 16 years, for instance, we could be rid of the property tax. Government would be growing much less, the, the, not only the property tax burden, but the entire tax burden for Texans would be significantly less than it would have been otherwise. And the sales tax would be back down to where it was before. That, that's not a bad deal. And that's all based on not spending as much money. Pretty simple concept. And, and I'm just talking about here about somewhere between zero growth and restrictions on growth, maybe up to about 3% per year. If you actually went in and cut the size of government, say we're going to cut spending. Government's too big. Not only are we going to not let it grow, we're going to make it shrink. And you could get rid of the property tax very easily with not even a 12 or 13% uh, temporary sales tax rate. So th that's the basics of how to do it. Two of the things I'd mentioned, you know, if we get rid of the property tax, we would have to figure out how to distribute the money to local schools and local governments that used to come from property taxes, but now is coming from the sales tax or wherever it might be coming from. That, that's not an insurmountable challenge. For instance, with school districts, it's easy because all the money today, even the local money flows through state funding formulas for schools. So you just plug the money in coming from a different place 
you know, get the, the gurus in Austin to, to figure out how to adjust the formulas, it works really easily. You could also, also do something similar with local governments. I mean, we don't have funding formulas like that, but they get money from, from sales taxes today. We could dedicate a portion of the, the increased sales tax, for instance, to the in area where it comes from. We could even place part of the sales tax on property sales and dedicate that to those local areas as well. And there's other states like Alabama, for instance, that have really low property taxes. There are places we can go and learn about this. And then finally, to really make this happen, we need a constitutional amendment. Texans need to speak their voice on this and tell their legislators this is what they want. We also need to lock into place the details of this so that, for instance, if we do start lowering the property tax using a higher sales tax, the legislature, you know, three or four years down the road say, hey, look, we've got a higher sales tax and we still got a property tax. Why don't we just leave it like this? We don't want that to happen. So you lock all this in with specific details in the in the constitutional amendment, and that would take care of that problem. Now, it takes more members to pass this. That's why a constitutional amendment, that's why Texans really need to speak out and let your legislatures know that you really want to do something about property taxes. You know, Texans have a long history of, of uh, working miracles. You know, we, a, a tiny band of men achieved independence from Mexico. We just recently, I mean, it seems like a miracle, got made abortion illegal in Texas. It's been a long process, but it finally is. So that that's miraculous. We're saving hundreds of thousands of babies in our state now. So we've shown that we can accomplish what we want if we if we're determined. And so I'd suggest that if we really want property taxes to be eliminated, the Texas legislature will follow our lead on this. We can make it happen. We just have to let them know what they need to do to satisfy us. All right. Well, thank you for being with me today on episode 88 of the Liberty Cafe. What a blessing it is to have you here with me. And I hope you have a blessed rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate this show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.